0: Ghosts of Christmas Presents, a seasonal story. Written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington.
1: Chapter 8 Every occupation has its uniforms. Some, of course, are literal. The policeman and soldier have their pips and badges... The railway engineer and the council worker have their tabards and boots. Some are more notional. One may be able to tell the estate agent from their unfortunate shoes or the designer from their vintage workman's jacket. Even those who try and stand out will always do so in some regulated fashion. The unfortunate individualist will express their unique nature by frivolous extremities of tie or sock, the wrong colour of the right kind of jacket, a larky hat, that may be doffed at uncomfortable moments. And so it appears to pertain even after life. Even ghosts, apparently, have their set styles. Bobs and Mum, having been homely creatures when alive, when dead, have set up home together in a cosy little ornament. Justice Horace Standing, having been in life much overburdened with self-regard and seriousness, is now an owl. The owl is Japanese. Ivory, and has that wide-eyed, owlish expression that might be penetrating wisdom, but might be just plain staring idiocy. The owl lives at the furthest corner of the mantelpiece, in the shadow of an invitation to an award ceremony that Benedict Nail never attended, having not been nominated for anything. As Bob's mum and Benedict approach, he calls out, Order in the court! And as they get closer, Approach the bench. Bobs, the little China man, smooths down his already smooth and painted hair with a smooth and painted hand and approaches the owl respectfully. Bobs, Your Honor, from the China house. Approach, approach What manner of business do you bring before the court? Justice Standing rocks slightly as he talks, casting wild and dashing shadows on the underside of the invitation. We have a new visitor, Your Honor says Bob's, beckoning to Benedict to come forward, who is asking for explanations. Another soul has crossed over into the great beyond, says the owl, solemnly, or the mantelpiece. Benedict steps forward. I am Benedict Nail, and I bought you in a gift shop in Kyoto. You are made of resin, not ivory, and I demand to know what on earth is going on. The owl's eye is quite light up with a pale yellow glow, and he rocks fiercely back and forth. "'Hoo-hoo! Bring the court to order. The witness will hold his tongue. This is bribing the judge. Have you told this man nothing, Bob's of the China House?' Oh, "'I have told him that we're dead and ghosts, Your honour, says Bob's, ashamed of something. "'Dead and ghosts and nothing but words on the wind?' "'says the owl, relishing the words. "'Well, you might be, "'Bob's of the China House, "'but this man is not.' "'What?' "'say Bob's and Mum simultaneously. "'And, of course not,' "'says Benedict. "'Consider the actions of a ghost,' "'says Justice Standing, "'rattling himself down "'into a comfortable position "'for a disquisition. "'A ghost is a houseless spirit, "'sends flesh, "'sends bone.' Nothing but a wandering phantom. You know it yourself, Bobs of the China House. A ghost must haunt, must it not? It must find a space quite empty of human habitation. A ruined abbey is the most appropriately gothic, or a lonely road in a silent town, when all doors are locked and all is deserted and still. Or an unloved ornament on a mantelpiece, should one be moved to such an extremity. A little China House, perhaps, or an... Ivory Owl. Benedict realises that the owl is stressing the word ivory for a reason, but he cannot for the life of him remember what that reason is. Now let us consider the witness, says the owl. Mr. Benedict Nail, who is not made of china, nor is he an owl. He is very much himself, as I recall him, only considerably diminished in volume, if not in character. In summary, we might say that he is himself, albeit scaled down. He is not haunting anything. He is not a ghost. He is not, ergo, dead. Everyone stops and stares at Benedict, who stares back at them with little patience for their astonishment, since he was sure all along that he wasn't dead. Or not quite dead, at least, says Justice Standing. Not yet. And now Benedict can join in with the astonishment. What do you mean, not yet? He says. You are evidently not yet a spirit, says the judge. And yet here you are, in their proportion and country, conversing with them. One might surmise, then, uh, that you are on its doorstep, hovering between the two lands, that your life is doubtful and hangs in the balance. He fell over, says Mum, the China woman. ''Ah, a fall, perhaps with a concomitant injury to the brain pan,'' says the owl, entirely too gleefully for Benedict's liking. ''That might do it. Even now, the breath comes but shallowly. The heart stutters and flutters. The candle of the consciousness gutters in the shadows of the skull.'' ''Now, hold on a minute,'' says Benedict. ''I only fell over. There was there was a, a thing. And then I um, something happened, and I, I, I fell.'' One moment, one moment, the owl rocks, agitated. Have you made this statement to others? Everyone keeps asking me questions about everything, says Benedict. The scoundrels, the villains, the owl judders with irritation. Of course they do. Listen to me, man. What do you think a ghost is? hmm? Of what do you think it is composed? The immortal soul? No, that is fled elsewhere. The fancy, no, all that remains of that is in the land of the living. It is a memory. A ghost is nothing but memories, some of them little more than a memory of a place or a walk or some daily place or performance that they rehearse in eternity. Without memories, they are nothing. Drifting away on the wind, just the faintest echo of a word, a dimming of shadow under the yews, a patch of chill on the stair. Any memory is persistence to a ghost, any event recalled, any remembrance of the world. Every time you have told your story, Benedict Nail, you have given those memories away, and the ghosts to whom you gave them will have hoarded them up against their fading. Well, that this is, this is why I can't remember anything. Finally, the twisted logic of the nightmare is beginning to become apparent to Benedict. This is why you can't remember, for example, that you told me that this owl is made of a resin, not ivory, and that you bought it in Kyoto. I did. That's right," says Benedict with relief. I, I knew. I knew something about it. I just couldn't put my finger on it. And now, Bobs and Mum of the China House, who are well known for keeping their hearth warm with the memories of others, will pay you, the man whose hearth that is, the rent they owe you of the memories you inadvertently gave them. The China Man shifts awkwardly. Um, The house... Was a Christmas present from a woman you cruelly abandoned, he says, looking down at his hands. Of course it was, says Benedict. And then, no, 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 it wasn't. I didn't abandon her. The relationship ended. It was for her own good. Really, it, it wouldn't have been right to lead her on. He broke off all relations with her with no explanation, says the woman. What else is that but cruel? Now, hang on a minute, says Benedict, but the owl interrupts. "'These memories are yours again, and with them any shame or discomfort they cause. "'But at least they are once more things that happened to you. "'But I am more concerned now by what may happen in the future. "'You are not yet one of us, Mr. Benedict Nail, but you may still be. "'All hangs in the balance.' "'What do you mean, hangs in the balance?' said Benedict, now thoroughly alarmed. Do you mean I'm I'm dying? I must say the metaphysics of your situation are somewhat beyond my purview, says the owl. What you need is scholarly advice. Can I recommend a visit to the scriptorium?
0: You have been listening to The Ghosts of Christmas Presents, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Mellington. The music is The Path of the Goblin King by Kevin MacLeod of filmmusic.io and our illustrations are by Jamie Lenman. You can find more of our stories at christmasstories.co.uk or wherever you found this podcast and we'd be grateful if you could rate and review us while you're there as well. If you're feeling really generous, we now have a Patreon at patreon.com slash christmasstories, where a subscription will get you versions of this story without all these annoying credits and lots of other exclusive material. But all we really want you to do is to listen to the next installment of The Ghosts of Christmas Presents.